1: What's happening guys? Welcome to the kiss the ring podcast brought to you by our friends at trophy smack. This is the number one commissioner's podcast in the dynasty and fantasy space. Now tonight's topic is how to fill a dynasty orphan. And my guest, well, he isn't really a guest. He's my friend. He is my OG, what my wife calls internet friend. His name is Nathan Pilmer. Now, Nathan is not someone that you would follow on Twitter, although you should. Great Twitter bio. It says, this is my fifth attempt at a bio, and I'm just out of ideas. If you've ever listened to the Goat District podcast and listened to the leagues that JD, Dan, Theo, myself, Jerry, my co-host on the Dynasty Warzone that we play in, this is the mastermind. This is the guy who keeps it all together. Not only does he keep the money right, the attitude right. He keeps the league going with trades, but I can tell you all kinds of good things about him, but I'll let him introduce himself. Nate, man, it's been a long time, but welcome back to the podcast Airwaves.
2: You know, it has been a long time, so thank you for sending the invite out. I I feel like I need to keep my, my fantasy podcast uh, muscles a little bit limber here, so happy to return here uh, with you, Randy. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh man, I, I'm excited to have you! And for those that want to go way back, like pre Dynasty Warzone, pre I guess the original Goat District hosts weren't Dan, JD, and Theo. It was me, Nate, and JD from the Goat District, and now it's it's Dan, JD, and Theo. But that's how long we've known each other. And I wanted Nate here because he's being very humble. He's he's being very uh, I think humble is the right word. He's being very humble. Nate runs tremendous leagues. He is a fair, no bullshit dynasty commissioner, but Nate keeps it fun and Nate keeps it light. So I don't want to waste any more time putting Nate over or, or talking about how great the GOAT leagues are, although they are. Um, I want to take like literally 60 seconds to tell you about our friends at Trophy Smack. So Trophy Smack is the sponsor of this podcast. And if you play in a great league like the GOAT leagues, like the Dynasty Warzone patron leagues, the Podfathers patron leagues, you want to have a trophy. You want to have a great trophy. You want to have one of those trophies you can be proud of. Or if you're doing a startup, maybe you're going to do a redraft league and you need a draft board to put on the wall. All of these things are available at Trophy Smack. And if you spend a hundred bucks at subtotal, not tax, not shipping, but a hundred bucks before all of the other stuff, you can get a free bling or stunner ring by using the promo code underworld. And again, you should be doing these things anyway, especially if your league is of any age, even year one. Consider a good trophy and consider Trophy Smack. That is our sponsor. Use promo code underworld to get that ring as long as your subtotal is a hundred bucks, or you could just go to trophysmack.com forward slash underworld and it will take you right there. So Nate, let's get into this, man. Let's get into how you replace a dynasty GM in a league. No, but before we get into that, so orphans, Nate, is there anything tougher for you as a as a commissioner in a dynasty league than filling an orphan? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh that, that's a hard no. That is easily the hardest thing to do um as a commissioner because well, I mean, there's just too many reasons for why people leave uh leagues these days, anyways, but for the most part, being the commissioner is like you you're a commissioner because you enjoy the the, the game. You enjoy the people you play it with and you wanna make sure that it's going to be as long lasting as possible. And uh if you're gonna be a commissioner, I guess you should only you should trust yourself the most to be able to, to try and make that happen. So uh, uh, everything else is just part of the, the the fun here. I don't really call it work because I mean, I get to talk with all my buddies every day about fantasy football. Who doesn't want to do that? Uh, so yeah, uh, orphans are an unfortunate reality uh, with having leagues here. And uh, it seems like this year was the hardest, uh, probably because I've been more leagues than it was the year before. I'll probably say this again next year. <laughs> this is more leagues to cover. Uh, And I try to be as much help as I can. So I am definitely commissioning more than I was last year. So it's just an inevitability. You have to deal with order every now and then.
1: And I would say that the league that, you know, you and I, because like I've, I've parred down my non-Dynasty Warzone patron leagues. I'm in a handful. I'm still in two of the GOAT leagues. I'm in the original super flex league and I'm in what we call the big money league. It's the highest buy-in of the leagues. And that's why I reference the buy-in. Would you say, and I think it kind of goes without saying, that the higher the buy-in, the harder it is to find replacement owners, especially if it's an orphan. And the uglier the orphan, the harder it is to find a, a replacement.
2: Uh, yeah, there is one positive aspect to the higher stakes leagues, but I think we can touch on that later. But definitely the the the, the biggest issue uh, these days for orphans that are in a higher stakes league is no one's going to be looking at a, a team – that they have to know that they're going into rebuilding it from year one, maybe year two, into taking it over and knowing that this is probably going to have to be like a a donation for the first year or the the next year after that one. Just realistically looking at it um, because most people don't believe winning teams. This just doesn't happen. So when you have an orphan team uh, to take over, you have to expect to put in the work and try and rebuild it year one and hopefully be competitive year two. And that's just really hard to swallow for a lot of people when you have a higher buy-in.
1: Yeah, and we're going to get to some of the workarounds that, you know, I don't take credit for everything that I I do with someone else. JD, Nate, and I actually created, it's a separate topic for a separate GM commissioner show, but we created what I think is the best trade deadline in all of Dynasty. We shut off trades just for the playoff teams in our leagues. So if you're out and you still want to be in action, so if you, most of our leagues are 12 GM leagues, so if you finish 12 through seventh, you can trade all you want. It's just that Nate changes the he changes the settings to to uh, commissioner approval instead of automatic approval. And then his teams are eliminated. He turns it back on. I think that allows you keep the trade juices going. And and, and something else that Nate and I created is, is how to get replacement GMS for your orphans without having to affect the money. We call that a tease here in the industry. We're going to tease that ahead for, for later in the show because I, I think Nate and I have created some really, really useful things to help uh, keep leagues alive without having to to spend a bunch of money. But Nate, what do you think causes orphans more than anything else? Now, in the show, Doc, I, I sent you, it's like, do you, do you think it's bad draft strategy? Do you think it's going all in, taking that big swing and a miss, uh, burning up all their future picks? and I know some cases it's, it's real life, it's work, it's family, it's kids. Um, I can speak from personal experience with, you know, being a a youth sports dad, it it, it can take up a lot of your time. The older the kids get, the more time the sports take up. So what do you think is, if you were to rank those things, what do you think are the things that, that really hurt the leagues the most and create the most orphans in the dynasty leagues that you've played in?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I can easily say from experience strictly from this year, um, that's, I mean, it will, I think mostly everything is, uh, issues that are beyond the commissioner's control. I think, especially everything you just said, it's, uh, bad strategies ending up with bad teams, uh, trades that didn't pan out and you're looking at teams were like, Oh, I'm just tired of paying you guys every year because this isn't fun for me. And I'm just going to bail out. I'll join a new one. Uh, it, it, those most suck, but those, they happen. So you gotta roll with it. Um, but I think the most common one I've seen this year, is just overexposure. Uh People are, are telling, this is what I'm being told. I think they could be letting me down easy. But they, they don't want to be like, sorry, I just don't like this league anymore. Uh, but uh, I think most of the time it's people just, I got to cut down on leagues. Uh, it's, it's it's too much. I'm I'm trying to set up lineups in 12 leagues, and there's last-minute injury updates Sunday morning that I don't catch, and I'm starting a player that's been injured. Um, and, and it's also just, uh, man, just, yeah, like I said, real life. Yeah. This is a hobby, but, you know, we like to add the financial aspect to it and it just adds that little juice. So um, sometimes it gets too much to carry. So um, my advice as a commissioner, and this is coming from me and Randy, you know me, is it's difficult to avoid the startup every year. Uh, I love doing it. I love
1: starting. Oh, yes, sir. Every year. So I'm going to give Nate a, a second. But every year, I love this man. I mean, like I said, Nate is more than a league mate after six or seven years of playing Dynasty. Nate's a friend. But every year, Nate's like, I've got the, like, it's like literally like halftime with the Super Bowl. And Nate's in the group chat going, who's thinking about startups? That's, that's Nate. He loves a good startup. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. No. But yeah. You 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 do you do love a a new dynasty league. You have to add at least one or two every year.
2: I, you know what? That's been. I, I I don't think I'm alone on that. Um, to my defense, so but I I do think I do have a bit of a problem uh, when it comes to startups. It's really hard to say no. I do try to not to be the one that pushes it. I think I've done really well this year. Um, but if you're a commissioner who is experiencing these mass exodus of GMs this year. Uh, you got to take it upon yourself to not be someone who adds to the, uh, the, the head count of people who have like more than uh, enough teams to, to deal with, um, because at some point it just becomes too much uh, for, for multiple reasons. So uh, that would be the only thing. But like I said, there's a lot of things that are, that are not within our control, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I think the things you noted were, were pretty much the norm is just uh, I hate being the donator to a bad team to a league that I'm not going to win for a while. So I'm just going to leave and hopefully get another startup. And it, in addition, speaking of startups, when you leave a league, it, it, you justify to yourself, well, now I can add to startup, you know? So, yeah,
1: that's a bad one. Is like, someone said, Hey, I need to cut down my dynasty exposure. I got to cut off two or three teams. And then you see this person tweeting out startup, you know, picks from sleeper every, or, every and, time, every, 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 don't be that guy. It's okay. It's okay to say, Hey, you know what? My kid picked up travel basketball this year. I just can't set all those lineups on Sunday morning because basketball is played in the winter. I don't get great reception in the gym. Okay, that, that's fine, but don't let me catch you two months down the road in, in, in a startup because you know what you're doing. But yeah. I, I do, and I do want to bring this up. <laughs> I just want to bring this up real quick because I, I see it in the chat, and 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 thank you to you know PJ for bringing this up about collecting dues. Now I know you have implemented because I've had to pay you you have impl- implemented a pay your futures dues if you move a first you know you've also done it to where you pay 50% because you are trying to at least create that enticement but we'll talk about money here you know in the back half of the show mm-hmm. but do you find that that is you know a, a dissuader of trades like does it slow because you do a really good job of that like i think you do an excellent job of getting the money but keeping the league active and they're still first being moved and you're still getting the future dues or at least half of it, it, it. Do you find that to be like a job in and of itself?
2: So, yeah. So, and you're speaking to our, our one of our higher stake leagues that we feel like we had to do that because it was a higher stakes league. Uh, we did, we wanted to avoid the situation where someone had just, just went all in year one and ditched it and left this complete dumpster fire of a team, um, whether or not they won or not. Um, because I have seen it in the past, so that was the general idea with it. I think what we're trying to do moving forward here is because, like you said, that it could mitigate uh, the amount or the or the incentives to trade. Um, and as again, you know me that trading's ninety percent of the game. I mean, it makes most of this thing fun uh, outside of winning the damn thing. But um, so I don't want to I don't want to do, put anything in place that will limit that. Uh, I think the best path forward has been to. Uh, just get the next season's payments up front, and in some leagues, especially higher stakes leagues, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to have everybody get hit all at once. So I try, I try to do maybe like half now. Um, so you, you're you paid up through the current season, and you've paid half. So instead of just wait till I see you trade, um, I've already got your half up front, uh, and then when you come to the next season, it's a little less of a hit uh, on the buy-in front because you've already paid that half up front from the previous season because honestly it's just a logistical nightmare for commissioners to try and hunt down everybody who's tried to make a trade got a trade done get them to pay their fee that for the year up front if they don't do it then within a certain time frame the league rules say that you have to reverse the trade uh and then it then just becomes uh a bigger mess than a solution at that point. So the, the, the halfway point is just to ask for at least half of the following season up front. And I think that was a fair uh, middle ground.
1: Yeah, and and that's the one thing too. So Nate, again, he commissions a lot of different leagues within the same group of 20 to 30 guys. I don't think we have any ladies in there, but but Nate oh, yeah. does a good, Nate does a great job. And this is a little side nugget for all you dynasty commissioners if you commission multiple leagues. Nate does not do all six of or seven, whatever number of leagues he commissions within the GOAT leagues. You know, he'll do one in, in like right after the NFL draft and he'll collect all the money for that one. Then he'll wait two weeks. He'll do another one and he staggers them, which allows everybody to, you know, especially if you're working on like a limited bankroll and you just really can't afford to come up with three, four, five, six hundred dollars And that might be right. one buy-in for some leagues. It's not for us, but... Nate does a good job of spreading that out. So that's a good nugget for you as well. Don't blast through everything because not only that, I think Nate also has realized that it keeps the action going. It keeps the, ch- it revives the chat for a much longer time than if you did like all six drafts at, at once. So take that nugget as well. Now, Nate, you know, we'll do, we'll get you back on later in the summer. But as a commissioner, when would you prefer that a, a GM tell you that they're going to bail? You know, would you prefer right as the season's ending with like maybe one or two games left? Maybe as the playoffs are going on, um, definitely right before the rookie draft, in my opinion. But if you're just a dynasty gamer who's listening to this and maybe not a GM, first of all, thank you for listening. But Nate, when would you tell those people that are not commissioners but are listening, if they're going to leave a league as a commissioner, when would you like to know when people are leaving?
2: As, as soon as possible. The earliest better ideally as soon as the season ends uh honestly because i it's gonna be uh it's gonna be difficult to find someone to be interested in taking over a new team in the middle of all the rookie drafts so uh if, it, if you if you leave a league uh in between uh april and june uh guys are getting their fix doing the rookie drafts uh that's just a given. Uh, if it happens too far down the road, it, uh, I don't think it's a, anywhere between January and March. And I'd say July July itself, I think, are, are fine. I think I could find someone in two months before the season starts. But ideally, it's, just, it's before or after the rookie, rookie season because I need to find someone who's hungry to take over a team. If it happens during the season, they're preoccupied. Uh, with whatever they've got going on, and I know with most people playing Dynasty these days, they've got more than a handful going on. So, ideally, just let me know soon because I can ask league mates to help recruit. Uh, we can look into other options in filling the teams, and I think we'll speak to that later. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not sit on it. And, and for me, Dynasty's 365, 24 twenty four seven, so uh, I don't I don't go on hiatus uh, because it's the off season. That's no. That's the great.
1: No, D- Nate has definitely uh, hosted drafts while on vacation with his lovely wife. He's been like in Las Vegas or L.A. or or wherever, and Nate's still in the group chat. He's like, "Hey, I've had six beers. Great time to send me trade offers." Nate is the kind of of commissioner <laughs> and, and 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 league mate that that you want, but he's absolutely right. And I think it, th- because if you give them, if you give your commissioner enough time, I think the carrot on the end of that stick is the rookie draft. It's like, hey, here's the rookie draft. It's going to be a great time to come in. The league's going to be active. You can make some trades. You can make some moves. You can start doing what you got to do. Even if you leave in February, again, that leaves, you know, Twitter's a hell of a thing. You know, it's going to allow you to recruit. Everybody knows somebody yeah. looking for a league. Everybody has listened in, in. the case of the Dynasty Warzone patron leagues, you've listened to the Dynasty Warzone. Maybe you'd want to be in a league with Jerry, myself, you know, etc. You've listened to the Goat District podcast. Maybe you want to be in a league with Theo and Dan and, and JD. So there's always ways to do it. But given your commissioner ample time to start looking, because you just don't want a replacement, right? Like if you got a divorce from your wife or you know she left you, you wouldn't look for the first replacement possible. You'd like to take, at least some people don't, but you'd like to take a little bit of time to see what's out there, get back in the game, and, and, and not put yourself in a bad spot, because a lot of times you could just be chasing that rebound, that rebound GM, and it, it could do a lot more, uh, a lot more, damage than, than actually helping. Sure. So so last question before the break, Nate, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll come back and start putting out some ideas. Now, John McGlynn was on the show with me last time. John com- commissions a lot of live leagues in the, the Chicago area. If you're in the Chicago area, look John up. He'll put you on. Um, how do you communicate that, that you're losing a league to your league mates? You just come right out and say, hey, guys, Billy Bob, Johnny Jack, whoever are leaving the league, and we're going to have to find a replacement. How do you communicate that downstream to all the GMs in your leagues?
2: Well, I, when I ask for people to let me know ASAP, I return kind to the league. I think it's really important to let everybody know um, because it's actually to my benefit for the reasons that you noted, because um, I I want to have as much help as possible as GMs, specifically when we have so many leagues together. Um I, I will take any help I can get and find the right people. Plus if it's, I trust the guys that I know that I'm in the league with to do the vetting as well, because they're, they're not going to bring in someone that, uh, doesn't gel well with the league. Um, and yeah, we, we want to make sure we're not selling for just a body, uh, specifically in our leagues and in, in the higher six leagues above all else too. So, um, yeah, I need to let everybody know quickly. Um, everybody's got somebody in mind who has been waiting to get in a league and I think the leagues that we're in is kind of highly coveted um, so it hasn't been too hard to do so there were some teams that were harder to fill than others because of uh, how they were left uh, but some weren't and that was because of the league mates we're in so I let them know ASAP and and they're uh, invested in this as much as I am so uh, I do uh, thank them for their help and I welcome it at, at any time
1: Yeah, I think you said something there that's really key. You know, a fixer-upper in Orange. Now, Nate, for those that don't know, Nate used to live in Orange County. And he had one hell of a commute. But, Nate, Orange County real estate is at a real premium, right? So if you're going to have a fixer-upper, I'd rather have it in Orange County than Sacramento or or Oakland or Mm -hmm. somewhere else just because – it's still California. You're still getting that, that West coast lifestyle, but orange beach property values are going to maintain the value of a good league. And even though you're rebuilding, rebuilding a league, and I'll just, I'll just share a couple of the really good leagues I'm in, like the, the the goat leagues, uh, trade addicts leagues, though, those are great leagues. So those in themselves have value and I'll tell you what else has value that's the world famous in quotation draft kit. So we've talked about how off, how orphans get created, you know some of the ways of communicating that to your league, and when we come back. Nate and I are going to give you three fixes that can potentially help you fill an orphan, some at really no cost to you, the the commissioner. But real quick, we want to share a word with you about the world famous in quotations draft kit. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, that give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features, I mean. Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Darius, So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioners section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it.
1: And, and there you go. You know, Jerry Jones once had a famous saying that really stuck with me when they were doing budget overruns on Dallas Cowboy Stadium. They ask him, Jerry, you know, you know, what about these overruns? And Jerry Jones looked the reporter dead in the eye and he said, nice things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't nice. If you want to get a cheap draft kit, you can certainly find one. If you want to get a nice draft kit, you'll head over to player profiler and you'll get that draft kit. But Nate, speaking of money, uh, it's, 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 it's one of those weird subjects in America, at least that, you know, when the money gets funny, everything gets funny. But one thing that, that, you do is you've always done a good job a Nate has extremely big integrity I will say that for him even though he's here I'll say nice things about him Nate's integrity is above board I know that when I give Nate Pilmer my league dues I know I'm getting paid that's important but one thing Nate Pilmer does not want to do is come out of his pocket because you, you you couldn't get get a league. So we we in the past have had these conversations. These are real conversations. Nate and I have had as I'm stuck in traffic. Nate works from home. I'm like, hey, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm going to call Nate, and I'm going to say, Nate, let's talk. Maybe sometimes we get a trade done. Maybe sometimes we just shoot the shit for you know 45 minutes, whatever it is. But as a man who's lived in LA, he understands the pain of being in uh, <laughs> in traffic congestion and, and needing someone to talk to. So Nate's always been there. But I I think the first option and to me it's usually the best option to filling a dynasty orphan is a dispersal. I think yeah. this I think this allows any other GM in your league that maybe had made similar mistakes to the to the GM that created the orphan. I think it allows them to get like that potential redo. Now typically you need at least two the more the merrier. Let them I think this is the 101 of fixes is the best way of saying it. And that that's my thing. What are your thoughts on dispersal as like the first option when, when you find that new GM, you're like, Hey, we vetted this person. He or she is the right person for our league. We want them in. We, we want to, we want to indoctrinate them into our leagues. Do you think dispersal is the one hundred one? And and how do you handle dispersals?
2: I a hundred percent agree. That is, it, it's my preference to offer that out initially when we have uh, the opportunity to fill an orphan. Um, for several reasons, really. I mean, even if you're in the league itself, whether you're participating in, in the dispersal or not, you can still participate from the outside. You can trade into the orphan. So it's not just for the guys who are involved with the, throwing their team into the player pool. I'm sure everybody is aware of what a dispersal draft is, but essentially uh, just to kind of long story short is what you're going to do is you could take every team that is going to be in this orphan dispersal league and then you put it, it all their players and draft picks into a player pool and uh you set up a draft order one, one way or another whether it's random or however you want to do it and then the people involved get to draft like you were a normal startup and like i said i think everybody loves to startup it's a period loves to draft in, in any way whatsoever so if you can add a draft aspect to it and fix an orphan at the same time, this is always going to be my first preference because, like I said, everyone, including the people uh, not in the orphan dispersal, can be involved. It's a little bit of work as a commissioner, uh, as you do need to uh, adjust. You have to take all the players off the team whatever, from whatever format you're doing, whatever platform it is. And then you have to set up a an Excel sheet to do it. It's a process. And um, if anybody wants some help in doing that, I'm happy to uh, let them do it so I don't Talk about because it's, it's a process, but it is worth doing without question. Just simply for the reasons we stated, it's uh, it solves several problems and it's fun and it's drafting on top of it all. I would prefer to do that. It's not always the case. It's hard to get people sometimes to give up their team. I'm not, you, you're not convincing anybody they have to do it willingly, but that is the problem. Is uh, First, you got to get at least one team, preferably at least two other teams in addition to the orphan team to make a, a worthwhile dispersal. Um, so once you get to that point, yeah, I mean, I'll do that every time.
1: Yeah, I, I love a dispersal if, if I'm going to do it. Uh, I want a dispersal because of, of this reason. A, it does make the league much more sellable. And that's what you're trying to do. That's why I consider it the 101. Because if you haven't collected the league dues for that league, that makes that new GM's decision to join much more palatable. Because what are you selling? You know, Nate's in sales. i will tell you benefits, uh, features tell, benefits sell. And the benefit, of being in a dispersal is you get a draft twice potentially. Yeah. If you do if you do the dispersal draft in like say April before the NFL draft, and you can put in whatever draft picks you have in there so that you can draft the draft picks too mm-hmm. and, as part of it, that makes it so much more fun. You're right. You need at least one other GM to say, yeah, I'll dispersal. And and I think entering a, a dispersal for a lot of people is a matter of pride. It's hard for a lot of people to say that I've butchered That's this. Fair. I just, but you know what you, you got me, I got you into one and you got me into one and it ended up being some of the best teams that I've ever had is getting in, in a, in a dispersal because I think it were you, I think you and I were the two new members, if I remember correctly and you and I basically drafted like heads up between each other. Now that league has since folded, we couldn't save it, but that was fun. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. You're instead of looking at this one team that's an orphan for a reason, you're looking at a pool of assets that you can basically make your own. So it's it's a startup without having to do a full startup. Um I know that's the ideal portion of it, but uh hey, not everyone's offering a startup. Um so and then some leagues are more coded than others based on the people who are in there. So uh if you want to get into a certain league, this might be the best way to doing it uh for everybody, for every all parties involved.
1: And I I have found I've only done it in one other league that much like the NFL draft, Nate, you know, when the NFL does an expansion, which they haven't done in a long time. But every team can only protect so many players. I kind of do it the opposite way. Every GM has to throw in at least two players. So it may be if you have a 25 man roster, it may be players 24 and 25. But it, it, it at least adds a little bit of flavor. You know, it could be the shittiest stake in the world, but that could be the A1 that makes it palatable is by throwing in 11 times 2 is 22 somewhat more palatable players. Mm-hmm. And it just gets everyone more involved. I think, like I said, for me, it's the 101. I think you agree. Yeah. But these, but these last two things, these are the things I really brought you on because I think these are fixes that you and I literally – conversation in the car stuck in traffic that I think these are some of the fixes that you ended up implementing in our big money league. And I I, I think it worked out really well because Nate did a tremendous job of communicating this downstream to the other GMs in this league. And what he did was is we took the concept of just adding additional picks into this year's draft. So the team, because much like many orphans that, that you find in dynasty leagues, they were pretty pick starved. There was not a lot of picks on this roster. There's like a fourth and a fifth. And we're talking 25 GM, 25 players, 12 GMs, tight end premium, must start two. And this thing was rough. Mm-hmm. So Nate and, I, and so Nate and I just talked about the concept of hey, what if to get money to get, you know, hey, at least pay half the dues this year. And, and but we're gonna add a one because no, this league. No, this is another great Nate twist we always give a 113 the 13th overall pick for whoever wins the toilet bowl because you got to play for something even when you're not playing for the money so I, I love that but Nate you added in like a 114 and a 115 and you may have added in second round picks and you just had to explain I'll let you explain it but you just had to explain to the other GMs hey, this is the decision that I've come to. And, and talk about that conversation we had and what you ended up doing in our big money league.
2: Yeah, so this was uh discussion that you and I had um, one day. And this was after this was uh, after uh, at least a month of searching. Um, this is our higher stakes league. And, and uh, this is why it's harder to find people in the higher stakes leagues when the team is so devoid of uh, draft capital. Um, and this, this team had decent assets. Don't get me wrong. It had, I think it had Eckler on it. Uh, I think it had Tyreek on it. Um, but I think in dynasty, I think it's easy to, to say, and, and I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that youth is the biggest value pusher um, when you're trying to incentivize a new owner. Uh, so we don't have when you don't have the youth in the player market, and not only did this team not have uh, a draft pick before the fourth round in the 2023 draft, didn't have a pick before the fourth round in 2024 so you're looking at two seasons of in a higher six league of uh you know skating uphill it's just it's going to be so difficult to do that so ultimately after just saying yeah i i, I even i i am in sales i could not sell this team uh it, it had to be incentivized so yeah you and i spoke and it came up to an idea about saying hey listen we have two options here this is me talking to the league here um the two options are we have to really incentivize the new owner coming in or, or there's a potential that this becomes, uh, you know, an 8 an team league or a 10-team league, uh, which ultimately I don't think anybody – I think we still might have done, but I don't think it's the ideal thing to do. Um, or it could have even folded uh, because there would be people who don't want to do that. So the alternative was, yeah, we're going to just straight up give this new team uh offer. We're going to offer them the one fourteen, the two thirteen, and the three thirteen. Um, and if that didn't go that way, then we then we'd offer another f- first next year. And if that didn't go, then we look into uh, t- discounts on the buy-in. Uh, thankfully, we have a, uh, a a league GM who has a good buddy who brought him in, and we didn't have to go too far down that route. He's already a great guy. He's made a ton of moves to already rebuild. But um, it was. I, he showed me the, the respondent saying, okay, if that one is in play, I'm in. And it was literally, that was the main reason for why he joined. Um, so uh, it, for no other reason, um, the draft capital itself and on a very old team, what uh, was what uh, gave him the nod. Um, and we didn't have to go to too much extreme to get him incentivized. advice. So yeah, there, uh, there are ways to get two uh, people uh, to join. Uh, but when all is fellows, you really got to get creative, and you have to make certain sacrifices. And honestly, I mean, this draft was uh, okay, so I don't feel like the one fourteen is going to be too much of a uh, you know value uh, tilt for against the league um, or the or the late second. So I think this was a reasonable outlet.
1: I think I think it was great. And like you said, the other the other only other solution you and I could really come to was now I have a I have a team in this league and Jerry, my co-host from the Dynasty Warzone, he has his own team. The other thing that we talked about was we didn't want to, but if we couldn't find number 12 Jerry and I could just pick whichever one of our – it would be my team because my team's way better than his, let's be quite frank. But but we would have kept my team, and then we could have you know spiced up the rest of the remaining 10 teams by throwing all of the assets in in Jerry's team into the rookie pool. So basically you could draft rookies or veterans, and mm-hmm. that would have spiced up the draft. But you don't want to play – I mean, I don't want to play in 10 GM leagues. I like 12 – I love the not format. I'm avoid it, but yeah. If, if you, if you, but, and I'm not saying it to put myself over and pat myself on the back that I'm so virtuous and I'm so great. It was just this is the conversation Nate and I had. I said, hey, th- th- this is an option is that Jerry and I could drop down to you know one team. We'll co-own a Dynasty Warzone team, and then we'll spice up the draft with the 10 remaining. We, we were trying to avoid that because, Nate, I think you agree you like 12-man leagues, 12 yeah, commissioner leagues. Yeah. We, I want to make it abundantly clear. We like playing dynasty fantasy football and any fantasy football with the ladies. They're usually better than us because they're better planners, but different conversation for, for a different day. The other thing that, that, that when we ultimately agreed before Nate, you know, because Nate's a much better communicator to the league than I am. I can be a little gruff, as my wife and son say. Um, you know, I took it on the chin kind of worse than anybody because I had traded Cooper Cup in that league for the 112. The two hundred one, and a future first next year. You remember the trade that I'm talking about, yeah? A, and what that did by adding a, a one fourteen and a one fifteen is that made the gap because I knew there was a one thirteen. There's a, a one thirteen in all of Nate's leagues. The two hundred one so is one setback. yeah. And and and, and, and it added in two more players. There there was a gap. I didn't. It didn't matter to me. I was willing to work with Nate and whatever it has and. That's where, as a commissioner, you've got to kind of know the room in which you're in. If you got a bunch of cantankerous people that complain about everything, that may not work, but these are just solutions and that didn't cost you a nickel, right? It didn't cost the league a nickel either, correct? Correct, right. We didn't have to do any
2: concessions on that
1: one because this this last bullet point is the the hardest bullet point to take. So the the last option for me, again, the 101s dispersal, get some of those other shaky rosters in there maybe balance the force a little bit. Let's get everything spread out. So instead of having one, you know, really shaky team that you're trying to get covered and two that could be potentially happening down the road, you can kind of get all those guys or ladies nudged together to create, you know, a a dispersal. That's my first option. Adding some rookie picks, adding some draft capital into an orphan that doesn't have any. Yeah, it's going to take some charity from the league to add that in, but Nate, you didn't have any issue with that on MFL because we did it on MFL as opposed to Sleeper. right? So no no issue there. This third one is the one that's the toughest. This is, because to me, it's truly a punishment to the existing league members is that you basically have to give the, if you didn't collect those dues, now Nate does, but maybe you're in a league where you didn't collect those dues and you didn't get that money for future firsts that were traded. Happens, happens to all of us, lesson learned. But this becomes the punishment to the existing people. You're basically giving that new GM a free year. Um, again, unless you've you know invoked that that rule that you have to pay, which we do. But but you know this creates things like I said, shorting the pot. You know maybe you have like a third pay a third place prize that pays out. You know like your, your entry feedback. Like if the entry fee is fifty bucks, then third place is fifty bucks, and you broke even on the year. You got to play for free that year, or maybe you have a, a fifty dollar prize or whatever for the team that scores the most points you may have to make that go away for a year or two just to entice someone to do it. So that's the the route that you don't want to go. Nate, have you, so, so what do you think about discounting league dues and as a commissioner, have you ever came out of your own personal pocket, maybe winnings to help, you know, get a pot right and to get a league back on track?
2: The only time I've come out of pocket is when I've mishandled the funds (laughs) Or, or let me put it this way. Um, since we would have to collect funds at a certain point the the cost of the leagues are estimated um, so if I if I just messed up on what I asked people to pay for there was one one year I just I just ate it uh, the other, this current year I did it again but th- this goes back to um, not settling for uh, league mates uh, you wanted to have the best of the best and we had the best of the best and I asked people for help and and, and this went into every aspect knowing that I'm Fallible in math. Um, and I asked everybody, everybody Hey, I, for, I asked you for the buy-in, but not to pay for the league. Can everyone send me another five, five bucks each? No question. Everybody said, yeah, don't worry about it. There was that issue, but um, the, I've never had to, to take, take it out of the pocket. All we, every, every decision is made through the mutual and majority agreement of the league that you're in. And with things like this, it's the last resort you want to go to you don't want to take any money from the, the people who have put the time in and the effort to build a team a championship and, and and get to the point only to be like sorry um you know we have to take a little bit off the top of coast for whatever reason but this is the one example where i have said in in higher leagues it, it's actually it's actually better because uh when you're when you're doing discounts on buy-ins the the structures that you're getting paid out are like sometimes 600 for. Uh, first place or, or higher. Um, but when you're trying to discount one, maybe two teams, you're looking at maybe 8% taken off the top. So if you're, if you're winning 600, uh, you probably are from last year's spot, this year's probably probably be like 535. And then second place is down 10 bucks and third place is down five bucks, uh, whatever uh, we end up doing. Um, so it's barely a dent. So, uh when you're looking at the the end game here okay i won 535 instead of 600 but the league survived and i get to do this again next year and we're back to normal because we get the, the, the league going so um yeah again last resort not ideal not only the third option i want to propose to the league about trying to get a northern film but it, it's it's a or b man you either come up with a, a, an alternative or you, you don't and that league just dies and at 99.99%, that league is going to want it to keep it going and will we'll suffer, you know, a small dent in the players pool or the, the price pool.
1: A hundred percent. And uh, I've always believed in the philosophy that compromise is the is the soul of good business. Everybody's not going to always get their way in a deal. You know, again, I mentioned Nate's in sales. I've, I deal with salespeople in, in my real job. And and working with people to come up with an amicable solution that benefits everybody in the long term. Yeah, so someone's gonna take it on the chin in the short term because that's just the the the, the nature of 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 missing out, you know, and and having things fall out. Because you don't ever want to lose a GM. I didn't invite you or Nate didn't invite you to join in a league with us so that we hoped you left in a year. We didn't we didn't hope that you spent, you know, all summer, you know, drafting a team and then going through a rookie draft and then hanging out in the group chat for a year and meeting a bunch of good people just so we can say goodbye in in twelve months. That's never the intent. So th- these are some of the things that that we've put together to help keep our leagues intact. In and Nate, I will say now, I will after six years, six yeah, years and one. So so let me let me put the goat leagues over one last time as we're wrapping this thing up. You know, I, I'm in several industry leagues. And when I say industry, I mean industry. I mean dynasty nerds. I mean dynasty happy hour, dynasty trade calculator, legit old school dynasty lifers, okay? And I've won those leagues. I, I, I've i won several. I have won one GOAT league out of all the GOAT leagues. Now I've got some seconds. I've made plenty of playoff You won the big league though. No. I I, well, I did. I did. did. I did. I, I'm a bit of a starter. You won actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm 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 money ahead. I, yeah. I won I won the big money league the inaugura- uh, the inaugural year. <laughs> um let's just say I had a little bit of two tight end premium experience in my hip pocket and that definitely helped. Oh, that had, hitting on Evan Ingram never hurts sure. as well. So uh by the way, this year, Mike Gesecki, this year's Evan Ingram. Turn, tune into the Dynasty Warzone for that. But
2: and Cooper Cup's MVP season. Oh
1: yeah, that was yeah. true. Yeah, I had Cooper Cup, that was when Deontay Johnson was still catching touchdowns. Not 2022 <laughs> Deontay Johnson, but 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 2021 Deontay Johnson when, when he was catching, I mean, just an obscene. And, you know, Terry McLaren had a better year that year as well. But mm-hmm. so so what we're going to do, um, I, I'm going to give Nate a second. Nate, is there any parting words that – because you don't have anything to promote because you don't create content anymore. But you – I will say this. Nate is a great follow on Twitter, at Pale poly. Zero i I'll tag him in, in the tweets when we, when we send this thing out. Nate is a great follow, but Nate is a worldly human being. He loves Dynasty Fantasy Football, but he's going to discuss politics. He's going to discuss social matters. He's going to discuss the world of today. So if you want to follow Nate, follow Nate. He is, as my father used to say in honor of Father's Day, Nate's good people and Nate's a good follow. But Nate, what would you want these people to know about you, and uh, how would you like to uh, help them commission their leagues? Uh
2: yeah, you know what? Um, so like I said, this has been a while since I've been back onto the podcast, and that, and I don't do content anymore. I've I've kind of passed that torch to much better people um, back at the Go District, and. Um, I I really don't have anything to to add other than what we've covered here from a GM perspective. I think that's the value I I think I can at this point. Otherwise we could talk all day on, uh, like you and I do on the road uh, about every, what what the latest fantasy um, news is and how to deal with what and who are you trading. I will talk about that every day. I will do trades for you because I'm such a trade degenerate. It doesn't have to be my team. I'm happy to do that. Um, But I I also like to do trades myself. uh, yeah, I think the only advice I, I stuck with as uh, uh, or is what I started with is um, don't make more work for yourself. If you're a commish, like you said, we don't want people to leave. The last thing a commissioner wants is more work or grievances to deal with. We just want to be the, the ones that facilitate things and help the league stay strong and active uh, for our own benefit as much as yours. Um, so uh, my advice to commissioners is to try not to do anything. <laughs> That will create more work for yourself. Uh, you don't want to uh, alienate your your league mates for whatever reason. Make things a group decision uh, as, as often as possible. And when you can't uh, compromise, um, then you have to do what's in the best interest of the league and then hope it works out for the best. So uh, just uh, be a good commish, and uh, you, you'll have fun along the way. You'll make friends along the way, and, and you'll enjoy this game as much as everybody else.
1: Uh, I very well said and, and again th- this is why I I bring Nate on um I brought him on for you to be honest hey that's that's a lie I brought him on because he's my buddy and I like talking fantasy football with him but I think Nate runs such a unique set of leagues and he runs them in a way that makes them fun. He is a trade addict he is a trade machine he has an addiction he loves dynasty trades so if you ever want somebody, and 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 maybe you think that and we've all got our biases. Now, if you think this Twitter, you know, fantasy content creator has a slant, and you ever just want to neutral down the middle from a guy who literally makes dozens of dynasty trades a week, hit Nate up on Twitter. I'll put his I'll put his Twitter handle in the show notes. Nate, buddy, I, I really appreciate you. Now here's what's gonna happen so next. Dude. Here's what's going to happen next. We're going to end the live stream, but this is why you subscribe to Player Profiler. Later in the week, we're doing a new thing called Overtime. Jerry and I on the Dynasty Warzone last night, we did our WinNow Dynasty trade targets. But then when the the live stream ended, we went back in and we went to Overtime, and there will be an additional two guys on WinNow teams that we're trading for. You'll have to, if you just subscribe to Player Profiler, you will get all of this. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end this stream and I'm going to go jump on another stream with Nate. You can't watch it live, but you can catch it in the future. I'm going to talk about one fantasy wide receiver that I know I love. I've been talking a ton about. I know Nate loves because Nate rejected him in a trade offer to me just last week. So what we're going to do is we're going to oh, thank you. We're, 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 we're going to thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope we gave you some ideas that will help you keep your dynasty leagues alive, help you replace those orphaned GMs. And until next time here on the Kiss the Ring, thanks for tuning in and everybody have a great week. I'll see you in two weeks from tonight. Thanks, guys.
0: Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.